Welcome to Living Water Radio. We are still celebrating Christmas. We're on day 10 out of 12 today, and we hope you leave your lights on and your decorations up. If you do, you are being countercultural on several levels. Today, we're going to talk about why Christmas sets us apart from our culture, our churches, and ourselves, and why that is a good thing. My name is Pastor David Burkadall. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a United Church of Christ slash Christian Church Disciples of Christ ordained minister focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California and in San Dimas, California for over 40 years. Today, maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the 110 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. Well, so that is that, begins the narrator in a section of poet W.H. Auden's For the Time Being, A Christmas Oratorio. Well, so that is that. Now we must dismantle the tree, putting the decorations back into their cardboard boxes, some have got broken, and carrying them up to the attic. The holly and the mistletoe must be taken down and burnt, and the children got ready for school. There are enough leftovers to do, warmed up, for the rest of the week. Not that we have much appetite, having drunk such a lot, stayed up so late, attempted, quite unsuccessfully, to love all of our relatives, and in general grossly overestimated our powers. Once again, as in previous years, we have seen the actual vision and failed to do more than entertain it as an agreeable possibility. Once again, we have sent him away, begging, though, to remain his disobedient servant. When does that happen for you? December 6th, January 1st, or the end of the Christmas season on January 5th? I'm guessing that if most people outside the church say January 5th, it's an accident. Christians, at least most Christians alive today and especially throughout history, celebrate Christmas as a season, not a day. Though many of us have long abandoned the season, many more of us still celebrate it. One of the advantages of celebrating Christmas as a season is that we get to celebrate it as a religious holiday for 12 days, once the commercial and cultural celebrations have ended. The 12 days of Christmas— you know, on the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. We are countercultural to the larger non-Christian culture around us, what the New Testament in the Bible calls the world. What would Christmas look like if the world celebrated it as a religious holiday? Is that so far-fetched? Why has the world not been called out for cultural appropriation, the inappropriate adoption of the cultural practices of one segment of society by another, usually the dominant one appropriating the cultural practices of the minority? Wouldn't the use of Santa Claus qualify? Santa Claus has many names in many cultures, but his historical basis comes from St. Nicholas of Myra, a bishop. Why does Santa wear a red suit? Bishop's robes. In addition to his vigorous resistance to heresy, infecting the church of the 3rd and 4th centuries, he was known for secret gift-giving. 
He once gave sacks of gold so that a father would have dowries for his three daughters and save them from being forced into prostitution. Or the twelve days. I've seen the use of twelve days counting down the days before Christmas to sell all kinds of things this season, from toothpaste to automobiles. Or Christmas trees. Christmas trees, evergreen, were brought into homes by German Christians starting in the 16th century. Martin Luther, the reformer, is credited with being the first to put lights, candles, on them. We put lights on our Christmas trees to remember the starry night in which Christ was born, and the result that the light of Christ casts out darkness. Our decorations are designed to point to the Christmas story. We often put up extra lights and a creche, a nativity scene, a scene depicting baby Jesus with his earthly parents, Mary and Joseph, the shepherds and the angels. Some leave baby Jesus out of the scene until Christmas Eve. We read the Christmas story from Luke chapter 2. Some homes get an early start on the spirit of Christmas by celebrating Nicholas of Myra on his day, December 6th. We assemble calendars and wreaths to count down the days and weeks until Christmas. Every single one of those things is now countercultural. They are an affront to our culture that celebrates a secular version of Christmas that includes neither Christ nor worship. Christmas, instead, is a celebration of a culture that's focused on the commercial holiday, the excesses of food and drink, the receiving of gifts, a culture that resents the obligations it thinks that the past puts upon them. But we have two more days of celebrations. Keep your Christmas tree lights up and your decorations until this Wednesday, January 6th. Keep the 12 days of Christmas. Who cares if your neighbors think you're lazy? You know you're not. Who knows, it might be a way to share the message of Christmas with people who might not otherwise hear it. Look for people who keep their lights up in your neighborhood and start a conversation. Thank them and encourage them. One of the good things about being a minority in a secular culture is that it is easier to know who we are by contrast. But if we are no different than our culture, if we just use religious language, how can we make a difference? Being countercultural during Christmas isn't necessarily confined to our larger culture. It might include resisting our church culture as well. What is the focus of our church culture at Christmas and the Advent season that leads up to it? In many cases, it's on doing good works for the community without any reference to why. The tail wags the dog. We say that Jesus is the reason for the season, but our actions often say differently. Any number of organizations can be generous to others at Christmas, and are. We are the only one that shares the gospel of Jesus Christ in a rooted, meaningful way. If we don't do it, no one else will. Matthew writes in the fifth chapter, starting with the 13th verse, quoting Jesus, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. 
What if worship was the focus of our Christmas season and the works flowed from our faith, not to advertise it? What if every Christmas service contained a clear statement of the why of the Christmas story and not just the what? What if Christmas was presented as a meaningful event for adults? What if every Christmas service contained a clear proclamation of the gospel and a compelling invitation to receive the gift of faith in Jesus Christ, the gift that is the point of Jesus' birth? Our churches are usually full at Christmas. Hopefully your Zoom worship service was larger than normal. What message did those who come twice a year as a tradition hear? How were they challenged to give up their tradition and receive the gift of a living faith? Finally, being countercultural might also mean transforming ourselves at Christmas time. Christmas is an excellent time to examine your beliefs and your behavior at Christmas. How can we do better both next Christmas and in the time in 2021 until then? Here are some possibilities for these last two days of Christmas and for our celebration next December. 1. Read the Christmas story as if you haven't heard it a hundred times. Read it several times. Have adults read it so as not to reinforce the view that Christmas, like church, is for the children. 2. Spend some time in growing in your own understanding of the meaning of Christmas. Read a book. Martin Luther's Christmas book is brief and inspiring. 3. Think about Christmas every day during the 12 days and make your own ways to reinforce and celebrate its message every day. 4. Help those who you are able to help, give to those in need with whatever you have, and find a way to let those you help know why. 5. Invite people to worship with you. We couldn't literally do that this year. The pandemic was surging, and now we are witnessing surge upon surge. There were 85 coronavirus deaths yesterday in L.A. County, and one person is infected every six seconds. ICUs are full, oxygen is in short supply, funeral homes are storing bodies in coolers. Your church's services were probably on Zoom and are still available on YouTube or some other digital media. And one of the nice things about that is that you can still invite friends and family anywhere in the world to view it. Christmas and Easter are the two times non-Christians are most curious and are open to accepting an invitation to worship. A. Make sure they know it isn't always like that. B. If they are doubters, encourage them to doubt their doubts. C. Ask about their understanding of faith and explain faith as it is. D. Be natural, not scripted. People can smell phoniness or obligation a mile away, and it sounds forced. E. Look for a natural opening in everyday life. F. Keep in contact with friends and family members who are non-believers always, but especially during this pandemic. G. And focus on the strengths of your Christian community throughout the year. Things like the ordering of time to something greater than itself, promoting a deeper purpose and meaning in life, and so on. H. Live a life of faith. I. Exhibit real community in Christ. And J. Provide services that you do as a natural outcome of an expressed faith. Help others, serve others, as an expression of the servanthood that you have first received from God and Jesus Christ. We only have two days left of Christmas, but we have almost a year to plan how we celebrate and reach out next December. Let's make the most of the time and find joy in it 
to God's glory. Merry Christmas. Today, let's remember to pray for those who seek to derail the efforts of people of goodwill, that their hearts may turn from destruction and toward the building up of all people. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal, and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments there as well. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune in to the worship services they have currently available and support the church financially so that it will be there when we come back to fully physically present worship together. Support your pastor and church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home, practice social distancing, wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Stay home unless you are providing essential services or need them. Avoid crowds and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, especially those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated. <laughs>